Welcome to the Generations Church podcast. This is Brian Nugent, and I'm the pastor at Generations Church. Thanks for listening today. We hope this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. got your Bibles this morning, turn to the book of Hebrews, your Bibles are your devices. Hebrews chapter 10, I'm going to be there uh, in just a moment. I started a series last week just called, uh, <clears throat> Can I Trade My Church for Livestream? So the question, you know, kind of, you know, what I, is it wrong to kind of watch those things? And I would just say, no, it's not. It's not wrong because this series is not about, about live stream per se. It's about the, the, the role of the church in the life of the believers. So in the series, in the series, we're looking at the role of the church, the challenges that the church is presently facing, you know, in, in this society, the value of the church to each believer. We're going to talk about that. Last week, we looked at, when we talked about the challenges to the church, we looked at the impact that affluence has on the church. God blesses us sometimes. We don't even have to be rich, but when we have more money, there are many more options, and sometimes that blessing that the Lord places in your hand separates you from the local church, and that was not God's intention. We also talked about, are we too busy for church. We're so full in our schedules, you know, even on Saturday, that Sunday is the day that we don't do anything. It's the recuperation day because we, we, everything just kind of, you know, Sunday just, church just kind of gets shoved out of the way because we're exhausted. We talked about that. We talked about changing life priorities, you know, how slowly over a period of time, you know, priorities toward the Lord and church and family just kind of get moved to the side. We also talked about what is the church, uh, what does the Bible tell us about the church? And we talked about the church as a family last week. So if you missed that, it's on live stream, of course. <laughs> it's on uh, YouTube, podcasts. I encourage you just as part of this series to kind of uh, to look at that. Our theme, our theme verse is this. It's Acts chapter 9, and it just shows the church in its full glory here. It says, all over the country the church grew. They were permeated with a deep sense of reverence for God. The Holy Spirit was with them, strengthening them, and they prospered wonderfully. God was blessing the church, and God was using the church to bring, to bring people to Christ. That's just kind of our, our theme verse. Now, as part of this series, there's several things that we're doing. And one is that we're doing some ministry kind of spotlight. So when you came in today, you saw some of the booths that were set up out there. And I want to encourage you to interact with them. But I want the, the ministry leaders from Teenagers Street Hope. Megan's going to come and, and address GC Kids. We're just going to come real quick. If you guys would come, would you give them a hand for their, their service to the local church this morning? Would you guys come? Would you guys come this morning? So, all right, just come stand right over here. What has Megan got? Always, always coming with something else. So, uh, that's great. Come on up, Doris. I'm sorry. I, I could have come down to the floor there. So, John, I'm going to let you start. So, John is our, uh, he leads our teenagers, our senior adults. John, Take a moment. What's the, the purpose? Why does why does teenagers exist? Teenagers is a ministry to senior adults. We define senior adults as 65 or 
ask to see your driver's license, <laughs> I promise. Um, we, our, our basic theme is we believe you are never too old to be a part of the kingdom of God and to be part of the ministry to other people. So uh, if you looked at our board out front, we, we put the biggest part of it in to try to show you that our seniors are active in every phase of the church here. That's great. And some events that you guys may have coming up you want to let people know about? Well, we like to eat. We do a good job of that. <laughs> uh, every second Thursday of the month, uh, we have a luncheon. Uh, Brad Gilbert is our cook, and if you've tried Brad's cooking, you know he's good at it. Uh, some of the ladies help him out from time to time, but we always eat well. A uh, couple times a year, we, we usually try to have a fish fry, good old southern fish fry, at least once a year. And then, of course, around the holidays, we'll do a Christmas special. One thing I want to do this year is we have a bunch of you folks out here that may be still working and you really don't want to admit you're over 55 so you, you don't come at, to that luncheon, but we want to do something on the weekend where you can join us and be a part of it yeah, too. That's great. And uh, if somebody wants to get more information or sign up or uh, touch base with you guys about teenagers, what, what do they need to do? We are very open. You don't need to sign up for anything. Just come, okay? Come to our luncheon. If we don't have enough tables set up, we'll set them up real quick. That's right. And, and uh, they have a page on the website, on our website, if you want to get more information about that. All right, Street Hope. Doris, what's the purpose? What's the, you know, the purpose of Street Hope? What's the, the scope of the ministry there? Well, the Bible says, I was hungry and you fed me and I was thirsty and you gave me drink. So we feed the homeless um, first Monday and third Monday of every month. We have two awesome teams. Kim Childs is the first Monday, and Pam's the third Monday. A um, couple hours, and we, you know, people are hungry. Sometimes they're not even homeless. Sometimes they have to use all their money to yeah. just live, and they still need something to eat. Yeah. So, Doris, wh where do you meet? What are, what are the, the times? How does, how does that kind of work on the first and third Monday? Um, there's the ones that cook come up here and cook around 3 or so, and I know there's some that, that um, take off work to come help cook. And they um, meet here to cook, and then George goes, and he, we actually need some men's help to um, come load the tables and load all the food and everything. And then we meet at Lake Ella between 5.30 and 5.45 and set up, and we try to start serving them at 6. And it lasts till about 7. Okay, so hour and a half, couple hours maybe. Okay, good deal. And if somebody wants to be involved with Street Hope, uh, find out a little more information, what do they need to do? I have a sign-up sheet out there. Um, you could also, I'll put, you know, I'll put my name and uh, email address and you can always get it from the church, but you can sign up yeah. and I can email you the information and we'll see you out there. Great. So is there any, maybe once a month, could you, could you help, you know, on a, on a Monday to serve the homeless if you can talk to her. Also, uh, a few unsung heroes uh, of Street Hope is the Cooks. Uh, they're cooking, you know, like it takes a long time. Kim Shields, Becky Bachtel, they're the cooks. Brad Gilbert, their, their time commitment is much greater. Would you give them a hand this morning? We appreciate what they do. So, Everybody all right. Everybody has yeah. their Street Hope shirt on can stand up. Yeah, real quick. If, you got, if you're Street Hope, you got your T-shirt on. Even if you don't have your T-shirt, stand up this morning. Yes. This is our Street Hope team. Amen. Amen. So see, Doris, if you want more information. Megan is representing GC Kids, GC Kids Junior this morning. Megan, what's the purpose? Why do we have GC Kids here? 
Yeah, so Bo and I's heart is for more than just babysitting or childcare. Um, so from nursery to fifth grade, we want to provide a fun, safe environment where kids can learn about Jesus on their level um, and build an authentic faith that will last for the rest of their lives. That's great. Tell them maybe you got some events or two coming up. Yeah, so we have our annual Easter egg hunt coming up on April 11th. It will be so fun for the entire family. We've got bounce houses coming, a pony pony rides coming. Um, we've got food trucks, Kona Ice is coming, and of course, egg hunts for all the little ones. Yeah, that's great. And if somebody wants to get connected, maybe they're a parent, they want a little more information about the ministry, or they want to just uh, get their kid involved, or maybe there's some workers. Let me, let me say this. Some of our workers are working two times a month. I mean, that's a lot on Sunday morning. Man, we, we would love to get that maybe, you know, much less than that or maybe one time a month. And if that's you and you think you could do that, see them, but how would they ramp up into that? Yeah, so we've got our booth in the back today, um, and I will be back there, and I would encourage you to stop by. Um, but the first thing to getting plugged in if you want to be a leader in GC Kids is doing an observation in one of our classrooms to see if this is truly something that you think you're interested in. Um, and today, if you sign up to be, uh, to sign up to do a observation, just lost my train of thought. If you do an observation, we will put your name in a drawing to win this movie basket night that I have. Um, already if you're not a leader. You can't sign up if you already are. Um, but we've got lots of information out there if you just want to know about GC Kids or if you want to be a leader in GC Kids. Amen. All of their booths are out there. Please interact. If maybe God's speaking to you about something like this. I mean, there's also uh, Wednesday night classes we need help. JBQ. I mean, there's all kinds of ways that you can ramp up. But go see all of these booths. I just want to say thank you very much for your effort, your heart for our community and our church people. One more time, would you give it up for these? We appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you got your Bibles, your devices this morning. Turn to Hebrews chapter 10. I want to read a passage uh, from Hebrews chapter 10 and uh, verse 18 this morning. If you don't have that, they'll put it on the, uh, they'll put it on the screen this morning. It's a passage that's talking about the church and an application of the church. Kind of the big church, but also the, the local church as well. Hebrews 10 verse 18 it says, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain. Remember when Jesus was uh, uh, died on the cross and the curtain in the middle of the temple split that gives everybody access? That's what he's talking about. So, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way open for us through the curtain, that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, then he sets up four applications to this. So he's talking about the, the big church, the body of Christ, the blood of Jesus, the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. Then he gives us kind of four admonitions here. So number one, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart. So since hearing this, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart. The second, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he was promised is faithful. The third, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. And the fourth is the one I want to focus on. And it's, it's unusual wording here. And then he says, 
not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. So, he's addressing in this last admonition the importance of being connected to the local church. So he's talking about the big church, Jesus all over the world, you know, the death on the cross. But then he's, he's bringing it down home where you and I live, the importance of being connected to the local church. And he says, listen to the wording, don't give up meeting together. Don't give up meeting together because there are people sometimes they give up when it comes to their connection of the local church. Sometimes they're just exhausted. They got so much going. I I talked about it last week. So much going in their life that church unintentionally just kind of gets shoved out of the way or we're, we're, we're just tired or man, it's Man, I, I, just, I just need this time to kind of recover or we're hurt or whatever happens in the church. He says, don't give up meeting together. All right, that's the encouragement. Don't give up. Don't give up in your continued connection to the local church. And then he says, as some are in the habit of doing. So he's referring to maybe some, something that he's heard or a trend that he's seeing that there are people who are lessening their connection with the, with the local church. Don't give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. He said, don't, don't do that. He says, instead, cur- encourage each other. So if we see people kind of, man, kind of, Falling off the radar. It's for you and I to go encourage them. Hey, we miss you. We love you. Man, is there anything that we can do? We just just want you to know that we miss you. Encourage others, he says, as you see the day, you know, as you see the day approaching. And the more, all the more, he said, but encourage each other. And all the more should you be connected as you see this day approaching. So he's just going, listen, the closer we become, to the coming of the Lord is not the time to slack off on your connection to the local church, but in actuality, it should have another, you know, another uh, uh, inspiration to you to be connected to the local church. Okay, so I want to read that again. It's talking about the big church. We're divided by the curtain. This is the house of God, you know, the body of Christ. Jesus is over the temple, and He says. Not to give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other, and all the more as you see the day, uh, see the day approaching. So last week we talked about some of the challenges that the local church is facing, and one of those, and I, I talked about it, is the declining attendance and involvement in the local church. And I want to tell you, it's all, all over. I gave you all kinds of statistics, but man. Uh, pastors are seeing this. Denominational leaders are seeing it. Man, slowly Sunday is being kind of, kind of pushed out of the way. And and I and I talked to you about what we we, we mentioned last week. But I want to kind of continue that thought. Some some reasons why we kind of see that see that trend in the local church. So let me let me give you a, a couple of things this morning to think about. Number one, I hear this. I've had people say this to me. But it's also, you know, it's kind of out there. 
too. Like people go, I don't like organized religion, okay? People are disconnected because they don't like organized religion, okay? So I hear that. I hear that in my mind, you know, I'm like, so are you advocating disorganized religion? Is that is that what you're wanting? Disorganized religion and all right, and and is this a is this something that you apply across the board, you know, in your uh, in your life? So when you go to a restaurant, you don't want an organized restaurant. You would prefer a disorganized restaurant. Maybe they washed your fork and knife. Maybe they haven't. I mean, is that, are we being consistent across the board? Or if you go for surgery, would you prefer disorganized surgery? Or would you prefer organized surgery? Maybe they've got some pain medication. Maybe they've got a few ibuprofen. So, I mean, is that something like, so when people say that, is that something that you apply over the course of your life? Now, probably what people mean by that is sometimes the church can look bureaucratic and corporate and maybe have a professional look and feel, especially when you read Acts chapter 2 and you look at that and maybe you look at the church today and it, it's just got this kind of corporate, kind of professional look and, and feel that sometimes it, it turns people off. You know, like, like, like today, if you're a parent and you want to you want to check in your kids to, uh, to GC Kids Junior, GC Kids. You just don't drop them off at the door. You know, you gotta, you gotta fill out something at an iPad. You gotta get a security tag. You just can't walk in and out the buildings. You just can't do it. Okay, and that's just the way the world is working right now. Or if you want to join, if you want to be a worker, I just want to work. I just want to work. Well, you know what you got to do first. You got to go observe. Did you hear that? You got to observe something first. You got to pass a background check. You got to, you know, you, you got to uh, go, go through all of the training that they have. You got to understand your role. You got to know what planning center is. Planning center is not even in the Bible, but we can't function without it around here. Can I tell you? If you're on our worker team, you know, you know. So I get it. Sometimes it can look a little bulky and a little professional, and that's, but that's not our heart, okay? Those things, those kind of ramp-ups and, and things that may, people may see that kind of may, you know, push them off or away from the church, they are there to develop quality of ministry, consistency in ministry, safety, in ministry, a lot of that stuff is for the safety of our own kids, and we hope that parents appreciate that and for ministry consistency. So, a lot of those things are not we're just trying to look corporate. There's a purpose for those things for ministry quality, safety, and consistency. So, I want to say to you if you read the book of Acts and you go, Man, the church today is a long way. From that, I would go, yeah, you know, I agree with that. I agree with that. But we live in a different world today. We live in a different world. 
And these things are to help ministry, not to keep people from ministry. So I just wanted to say that because I've heard, I've heard, I've heard that, I've heard that before. So second thing, second thing, increased weekend kids activities and sports. It's a big, big thing. It's a big thing. And there's nothing wrong with playing sports. I played sports from seven years of age till through high school. I think it's great being a part of the team, the athleticism, you know, that, that kind of thing. But, but when I was playing sports, Sunday was not a question. Sunday wasn't a question at all. And they were even trying to help on Wednesday. But I'm going to be honest, I was hoping they'd practice on Wednesday night. I wasn't a Royal Ranger fan, let me just be honest. <clears throat> I was hoping we'd have practice, all right? But, man, a lot of those things are are happening today. And instead of sports organizations going, hey, Sunday is, 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 you know, a day for the family, or even going, hey, we'll hold the games off till 2, 3, so people can go to church. They don't do that anymore. You know, Sunday's just a regular day when it comes to, you know, some of the activities, you know, for, for our for, you know, for our kids, and I just want to say, I just want to say, if we're not careful, as parents, we can send unintended messages to our kids with, you know, when we're constantly missing church for other things, we're sending, we're sending a message to them, even though unintentional, that the church is just another option on Sunday, and participation is optional, we're kind of sending that that message, we're sending the message that Jesus is a part of our life, but he's not the center of our life. Got to be careful on that, all right? You know, if it was just a, you know, a Sunday here and there, you know, maybe it wouldn't be that big a deal. But, you know, when sports teams, when they schedule, we're going to play at 11 o'clock on Sunday for the next two or three months, that puts a church-going family in a very difficult position. And you don't need to be out of church. Just telling you. I'm just telling you as your pastor. And in light of what you heard from Hebrews 10, we don't, we don't need to be missing blocks of Sundays. Okay? Just especially, you know, especially for that. You know, the church should be the reason and excuse that we are missing things. I can't, can't do it. Because, do you realize, I mean, it could be a testimony to people of your faithfulness to the Lord and your faithfulness and the importance of the local church. It could be a, a testimony to, to others who are, you know, uh, who, who don't even think anything, uh, don't even think anything about that. The scripture says this, Proverbs 22, train up a child in the way which they would go. You know this passage. When they're old, they won't turn from it, okay? Now, we always focus on the promise of when they're old, they're not going to turn from it. But to every parent, I want you to look at the first word. And that's train. That's train. We got to put some good things in their heart. We got to model it. We got to teach it. We got to live it. And I want to tell you, church attendance is part of that training. If you are inconsistent today on your approach to church attendance on Sunday, then your kids, when it's, when it's their time to make those decisions, church won't even be an option in another generation, okay? Train up the child. Now listen, I'm not legalistic. I know there are vacations, there are sicknesses, there are times, there might even be an occasional sport, sports thing, you know, uh, requirement. I, but I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, 
I'm not talking about those exceptions. I'm talking about, man, consistently, your kids need to know when it's Sunday, Sunday's for the house of the Lord. It's for the house of the Lord. And I just want to tell you, there was no fever so high that my mother did not believe God's healing to get me in church. Well, Mom, I'm, most of the time I was faking. Put a light bulb up to your forehead, run to your mother, you know. Mom, I got a fever. She just put, your, put her hand on my forehead, not to pray for me. She'd go, no, nah, it's only 99. You're good. Go get your clothes on. Yeah. We need to be in the house of God. We need to be in the house of the Lord. And I want to say this. Every child needs a children's ministry to be involved with. Every child needs a children's ministry to be involved with over the course of their life. I have a picture that I want, to, I want you to see. <clears throat> I want to tell you something. I pastored or youth pastored for 13 years before I came here. Been doing, I did staff work. I pastored in Kentucky for nine years. I had staff, children's pastors. Worked in the district office in student ministry where part of my job, I knew all, a lot of the staff members, and I made connections with pastors and staff as they were moving around. I've been here six years, okay? And this is one of the finest children's ministry couples that you will find anywhere, okay? And it would, I just say, it would be wisdom for a parent to get their kids under this ministry influence as much as possible, okay? We are very fortunate as a church to have this couple here. Do you know that? We are very fortunate to have them here. And I'm saying to every parent, it would, it would be a huge blessing to you. Train up the child, train up the child, having them sit under their ministry Sunday, Wednesday, as much as possible, anything that they've got going, because I promise you, part of that training you do at home, but there's a role that the church has too. You are the primary teacher. You're the primary teacher, not us. Okay, that's, that comes from you in the home. But on a secondary level, this couple takes very serious, and their team, they have a wonderful team. This, they take very serious the, the opportunity of the planting the gospel and seeing their lives transform. And I just want to say, it would, be, it would be a great waste for you to have the caliber of children's ministry that we have here. And you, you are on a very infrequent basis as far as your connection with that. Okay? we got a great couple here. And I'm just telling you, every child needs a children's ministry. You know, do you remember you know, the other week when I showed you the video of the children's ministry? You remember all the, the lights and the inflated set? I didn't have that when I was a kid. We, you know, we had a shower curtain pulled and a woman with a sock on her hand, buttons sewed, and the, and the eyes were crooked so she'd have to do her hand like that. That's what I was raised in. They had pancakes. We didn't have pajama day. You had to wear your Sunday shoes. We didn't have pancakes. We never had that. I want to tell you, it's a different world. And I think our children's ministry has the good combination of fun and things that your kids want to come, but they're also going to get the gospel. They're going to be formed as well. So I just want to say there are a lot of options to parents on weekends, but let's don't forsake our responsibility to keep our kids in the house of the Lord. All right? 
Next thing, next thing is kind of, kind of affecting the church. All right, it's the rise of the online church. It's the rise of the online church. Now, look, we we talked about it a little bit last week. Man, there are pros and cons to this, and I will always say there are legitimate reasons. People are sick; they don't feel well. You know, you're working. You know, and you can't you can't make it. And I've never met a person especially a believer that wants to work on Sunday. But sometimes, man, you're in a rotation. It's just part of your job. So that, that, that's, that's legitimate. Man, you don't, you know, you're senior adults. You can't travel as much. And, man, they're just legitimate reasons. Vacation. Most of our visitors, before they come the first time, they watch online first. So there are really legitimate reasons for that. And that's why we try to provide the best online experience that we can. But... Part of that is now that people have chosen to disconnect from the church and they're, now they're just part of an online congregation. So not the legitimate use of that, but people who are watching online more than they are attending, that, that can be, you know, that, that can be a, a problem because online can be a great way to spread the gospel. Man, you can share it. There's all kinds of, you, you can be blessed. But let me say to you, as much as it is a blessing, it is no substitute for the local church. It's never meant to be that way. It's not a, it's not a substitute, you know, for the, for the local church. And, but some people, they default at home. Just, you know, like, and, they, and they're more home than they are at church because it's convenient. I mean, it's, it's convenient, right? You can worship any time you want. You don't have to be there at a certain time. You can just grab this thing and... And, and worship anytime. You don't have to fight with the kids. Anybody have a little fight on the way to church with your, your kids this morning? You don't, you don't have that. They can just sleep in. You know, there's no, there's no struggle in the morning. You don't have to sit next to singers who are off key during worship. Anybody ever done that? Don't raise your hand. Don't offend anybody out here. All right. No babies crying. It's too loud. It's too cold. You can you can do your own volume. You can do your own you can do your own thermostat. Parking people parking crazy in the parking lot. You get there and there's no donuts. You can do a full breakfast buffet. You know what? You know, and it's completely private. If you're an introvert. Man, that's, that's heaven, isn't it? You, you thank God for the opportunity just to kind of be able to, to, watch your, to watch live stream. And then some, man, they watch. They don't watch us here. They watch the big churches, multi-million dollar facilities, man, unmatched in their technology. Their, their, their worship service would rival anything that, that Hollywood could do could watch and people watch these things all the time and that's not a problem at all I know that I know that happens but then when you watch this great production and you walk back into the local church it just seems a little lacking it's kind of like if you're a lady and you're watching at home you're watching a Hallmark one of those romantic movies He's all skinny. He's bringing flowers, romantic dinners, walks in, walk in the park, 
and you look over at your husband and he got sweats on and a stain on his t-shirt and he's eating a bag of chips and you're just, what's going on here? All right? So I'm just saying to you, you can watch the best and the brightest and you can come here and it can just not measure up. But I promise you, when you're sick, the best and the brightest not coming to your hospital. They're not going to provide something for your children and egg hunt, all of that. So I'm just saying, that's not a problem with, with watching those. But sometimes when you compare the two, you will default, some will default back to the other. You know, like your pastor's out of town. That, 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 can, be, that can be a problem, you know. And, and, and the Lord doesn't want you to connect that way. If you want to watch it, that's fine. But you need a local house. You need local people that, you know, that are there to care for you and, 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 and to, uh, to pray for you. So if you are, let me say, if you work on Sunday, man, if you're out, you're sick, all of that, I, I want to say to you, you got those legitimate reasons. Listen, if, if you're missing regularly on Sunday, you need to know that there's a void in your life that you've got to go back and compensate for in your spiritual life. So if you're, let's say you work on a Sunday, not a problem at all. That you got to, you know, you got to take care of your family. But also you need to go back and, and intentionally watch the live stream of this house. Okay, you need to know what's going on. You need to hear the worship from this house. You need to hear the message from this house, the announcements from this house. If you want to do something else, you know, that's fine. But man, you need to keep your connection to the relationships here. You need to make sure, man, if you can get in a small group, if you're missing regularly, I'm just saying, then you need to make sure you overcompensate in other areas so that you can stay connected to the local body. Okay. So watching church services online can be a blessing, but it should never be a substitute for the local church. What does the Bible tell us about the church? That the church is a fellowship. It uses that term, fellowship. Fellowship, what does that word mean to you when you hear that? The church is a, it's a fellowship. Look at this passage out of Acts chapter 2, and I want you to see something here. So as you read this, I want you to see like the, the, the connection points of the local church. So look at this. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, together. And to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over all of them. The apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. All the believers met together in one place and shared everything that they had. They even sold property and possessions and shared money with those who were in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper, shared meals with great joy and generosity, all while praising God, enjoying the goodwill of all people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. So these aren't people who are distant. This is people who are Close, because the church is a fellowship. The church is where we connect. The church is where people of like-minded faith come together and we kind of live our spiritual journey out together, connected with each other. So they're learning God's word together. 
studied the apostles' teaching. So they're learning, not just from a pastor, but man, they're studying this together. They're eating food, in a, and they're in, they're in each other's homes. That's great. They're helping each other. They're praying together. They're praying for each other. They're supporting financially those, man, that, 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 that need it. But you can't support somebody that needs it if you're not even close enough to know the need at all. They're worshiping together in the temple. They're coming together privately. They're coming together publicly. Man, and God's blessing this. God is blessing. They're receiving the new people that are, that are being saved through this, through this fellowship. The local church gives us the opportunity to worship God, receive encouragement, and inspiration from God's word, to fellowship and connect with other believers, and to give opportunities to serve others. And in that relationship, it's a safe place if you've got needs. If you want to come to pray, if you want to share a concern that you have, it's a safe place that you can do that. It's a place of celebration. When, when something good happens, people, people celebrate. It's also, you know, where we, you know, if we're not, things aren't going so well. Why do I need the fellowship, the church? I learn God's word with others. Mutual learning, hearing but also mutually we're, we're learning together. I meet people who can inspire me in my faith. There are people in the body that you go, you know what? They got their act together. Man, I'd like to be like that person. You never can see that when you're separated from the, the local church body. I receive support in prayer in difficult times. You ever been there? Somebody come. Man, they're praying for you. They're checking on you. Because you're, you're going through a difficult time in your life. I give encouragement to others in their difficult times. So, so the church is not all about what I receive. But there's an opportunity when I'm connected that I can give back. So I can be an encouragement. And I can, you know, I can, can help others in their difficult time. I can also bless and inspire others in their faith. You never know how God will use you to lift somebody else and mentor somebody else and train them in the gospel. You never know. And you'll never find that when there's separation. you got to be in the fellowship. you got to be connected to have that kind of influence on others. I need the church, and the church needs me. I need the church, and the church needs me. Luke chapter 5, this guy... He's laying on a mat. He's been there. He's been there most of his most of his life. The, the scripture says Jesus was teaching in their village, and the power of the Lord was present to heal. So there are like three or four guys that had seen this guy's whole life and said, you know what? Let's get him to Jesus. Let's get him to Jesus. And they take him. These guys, we don't know how long they carried him, how, you know, how hot it was, his mat, whatever. They're, they're carrying this guy. They get to the house. House is full. House is full. They go, you know what? We, we got to get this guy to Jesus. I'll tell you what, I'm going I'm to get up on the roof. I'm going to start tearing this roof off. And when I tear it off, you... You, you lift that guy, you, you lift him to me. That sounded like a great plan unless you're the guy being lifted up and dropped through the hole in the roof. They, they get him up. 
lift him up. It's hot, tearing off the roof. Lower this guy in the presence of Jesus, and he's healed. Now, see, there's some times that I'm the guy on the mat. You ever been so sick, so discouraged, so down, man, you couldn't do anything? Somebody from the church came and said, you know what? We're going to pick you up. We're going we're gonna to get you to Jesus. We're going to support you. We're going to pray for you. We're going to get you through this. I've been the guy on that mat before. You ever been there? Somebody from the church just came and said, you know, we're going we're gonna to get through this. We're going to walk through this. I don't, know, I don't have all the answers, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for you. And then I've been the guy too that saw a need. Let's go. Let's, let's, help, this, let's help this person. Let's get him to Jesus. I, I don't have all the answers, but let's, let's start getting them toward the Lord, okay? I just want to say to you, I want to say to you, man, that's the church right there. That's the church. But, I mean, when you're disconnected and you're hurting, there's no one around because they don't know your need. Or maybe you have a heart to help. You, you've got something that you want to give, but yet you're disconnected from the needs of people. So there are people that are hurting that, that need help, but you don't have the relational proximity to even know or hear their cry. We need the church. I need the church, and the church needs me. Brent, worship team, I want you to come. Josh and Katie, I want you to come. I want you to welcome to the stage Josh and Katie DeGrace. They're going to share their story this morning. Come on up. And their child. It's all good. Come on up here. It's all good. It's all. We got a sick kid. You know, it's okay. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. That's all right. It's all right. So so they, they kind of have a, a, a unique story here. And I'm going to kind of tell you, maybe kind of lead you up to this point. So Katie is from... New Orleans originally, and her grandmother got her in church when she was a kid. Uh, AG Church, you know. Uh, now listen, Katie uh, raised up in children's ministry, and it was a blessing. You'll hear about that in a moment. Got in youth ministry. Katie got in fine arts. She went to nationals in fine arts. <laughs> All right. Puppetry, you know. And she's living in New Orleans, and Hurricane Katrina comes. Man, wiped out. They've got to move. So her family moves to Florida. And they never just kind of found the right place. You know, the, the local church. Never just kind of found the right place. And, you know, uh, before long, she comes to Tallahassee and uh, never really reconnected on the local church. She meets Josh. Josh's family story was completely different. Rarely in church. Easter, Christmas, maybe a few years. Okay. He's just, not a, he's just not a church person at all. And they're together. They got kids. And Katie, one day, man, you know, you just felt this strong, you know, uh, compelling voice that you just need to get yourself back in church. Tell us about that, that moment there. Yeah, it was maybe like a year and a half ago. You know, we've got four kids. They're growing up. And I just felt this pull, like, I want them to experience the same experiences, relationships, that foundation that I had. Because if it wasn't for my grandma taking me to church, my parents did not go to church ever. So if it wasn't for her taking me and then my 
relationships that I had built up through children's church and youth, I wouldn't have been able to continue to go. So I wanted my kids to feel that same passion and fire that I was able to feel all throughout my teenage years. Now, you had already had a little connection. You had visited here one of our events. Just take a moment. Tell us about that. I brought Caleb to the fall festival like two years ago. So it just kind of, I know what I was feel. I know how I felt with my old church. Right. I know that that's the type of feeling that I wanted something with a very good children's ministry because that was, and he loves it. So <laughs> that's great. That's great. Josh, uh, so you're you're never really been in church since you've been married. Uh, never really had kind of a local church. Katie comes to you one day and says, "We need to go to church." What was your thoughts about that? And then maybe tell me about your first experience here. Sure. My thoughts was. Josh, pull, pull that up just a little closer. There uh, you go. You know, why now? You know, where you, we work, we both have full-time jobs. And, um, you know, she was like, well, you know, just we need to get our kids involved. You know, we, we need to set the example. I said, okay, well, we'll give it a shot. You know, and I think she went for the first time. Of course, work got in the way. And she finally drugged me in. And, you know, I just... I remember uh, Joshua coming up and, and presenting the uh, prayer cards, and you know my my first prayer request was to just to help me uh, battle drinking. And um, it was it was shortly after that visit. I just I looked at the liquor store and drove by. That was the last time ever. Um, and I and I thank God. I thank the local community. I thank this church, our local church, my local church, for that. And like after your first service, what yep. was your thoughts? I mean, you haven't been around church, much less spirit-filled church. So right. come to church on Sunday morning. Yep. Brent's sweating up here. Yeah. You know, right. yeah. It it was an eye-opener for me. Um, <laughs> no, it was an eye-opener for me. I, I I instantly felt the love, the support, um, the kids' ministry. It, it instantly gravitated me to this church. And I thank God, I thank my wife for dragging me in because that's what it took. And now I'm grateful to be here. We don't care if you come on your own or somebody's drug you in. We don't care. We do not care. So, Josh, you came for yep. Katie and the kids. I did. But now how has your life been impacted, not just from this house, but from yep. the, the gospel of Jesus? It's been impacted just night and day. Um, you know, just four months ago, I, I lost my mom. So when I thought things were going great, you know, I, I get involved, I get closer to the Lord, something gets taken away from me. So uh, that was about four months ago. I came up here and just cried and wept, and I had everybody come and support me and give me support, and to this day still showing me love and support. And you know I can I can really honestly feel even now four months later I know she's in a, in a better place and she's happy looking down on us and you know and I'm happy I'm not bad I'm just I'm just blessed to have this local church by. you mentioned too like you feel like your marriage is in a better place our marriage is yeah. in a good place yeah, yeah that's yeah. good Josh is in one of our small groups. He's in Bob and Brad's 
class right now, meeting other people. And uh, so, Katie, um, what would you say to parents? Maybe got small kids that haven't been in church, or maybe not as connected as they should be. What would you, what would you say to them? I would just say that the relationships and the experiences and the 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 everything that the foundation that they build up it does it does stick with them um, <laughs> um, I left my church I loved that church that place was home for me that was my home away from home when I didn't want to be home you know and I Katrina hit when I was 16 that's a very crazy time in a child in a teen's life but um that still stuck with me after eight eight plus years of not being in church and I just felt like I still missed it from eight years so it definitely makes an impact it definitely sticks with them and it makes a difference you know not just for your kids but your own personal walk with oh God. yeah where, where is it now I feel in such a good place right now. Like I've been able, it's it's been tough because I'm kind of like a control freak. So I'm trying to like take some, like let God handle things, yeah. you know. But it's it's I, I feel good and it's in a good. I feel like I'm in a good place. Katie's also you're in our living free small group that meets and God's teaching you things and uh, growing and other people. Yes. Well, they've only been here a year or so. Why don't you get a little bit different? But it started with a fall festival. We always go to the fall festival. We're just praying for seed that would be planted and that that work. Well, we want you to know, we're so glad that you guys are here. And we're just a much cooler church, better church because of the graces. And we just want to say thank you for sharing your story this morning. Would you give it up for Josh and Katie? reframe these last few minutes this this gathering here on Sunday morning is not a social club or the community of the cool of Tallahassee okay when we meet we are a gathering of Christ followers we are a gathering where we come for encouragement and that the message of the gospel can be presented the passage I read to you in Hebrews says this is his body the church and since we have a great priest over the house of God. Talks about the house of God and the priesthood that Jesus is over. And he reminds us about this most holy place by a new and living way opened through us, through the curtain that was divided. And then he says, and he's reminding us about Jesus' sacrifice in the local church. And then he says, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart. That's what he wants this morning. So this message is not like a pep rally for the church or, or anything. This is about pointing back to about pointing back to Jesus and going, he created this wonderful, imperfect mechanism for people to come and habitate and be in relationship with each other and fellowship with each other. But the, the last part of that, I just want to remind you, it said, hey, don't don't give up. Don't give up on the connections here. Don't give up and kind of kind of be distant, okay? He says encourage each other. And we shouldn't be like less attentive. We should be, I mean, attending less, but we should be more with the day is approaching. Maybe, maybe you're here today, and maybe you just kind of given up, you know? And it's so hard to get here on Sunday morning 
when you got small kids. I mean, I get that. I, I get that. I, I get here early. I've driven two cars for years. I'm not spiritual enough to get ready with my family, drive to church, and preach. I'm just not there. I'm not. But, but don't give up. Been upset. Something hasn't worked out right in the church. Don't, don't give up. Don't give up. He said, come with a sincere heart. Draw to God. And that is the message this morning, to come, to come to God. Would you stand with me this morning? Would you stand? I want to pray over you today. I just want to pray. Maybe it's been a little distant. Maybe you hadn't had that connection. But also, sometimes our church attendance is a kind of reflection of maybe some bigger spiritual things that are going on in our life. Sometimes church attendance is just part of maybe some spiritual decay in our life. I just want to pray over you this morning. Lord, I pray over this congregation. Lord, I thank you for our church, this local body built by Jesus. Lord, I thank you for the people of this church, the fellowship of this church. Lord, as we saw this morning, we are imperfect. We are imperfect. But Lord, we are gathered here by the good grace of God, and we give you thanks for that this morning. Lord, I pray. I pray over those. Holy Spirit, I pray over those that you are speaking to, have been distant, not only in their church relationships, but Lord, uh, it, it, with you. There's been distance in their, in their walk with you, and I pray over that this morning. I pray for those. Maybe they've given up, like that passage said. They just kind of waved the white flag. Lord, I just it's hard for me to do this. I just pray over them this morning, Lord. I pray. Pray over them today, God, that you'll bless them. Bless them, Lord. Every head bow, every eye closed. Just for a moment. I mean, if you're here today and you say, Pastor, I just got some things in my spiritual life. I just, I'm just maybe not where I should be this morning. Just things have happened. I just kind of feel a little maybe separation, not just from the church, from the Lord. Really quick, up and down. Would you just raise your hand and say, Pastor, would you pray for me this morning? Just up and down really quick. Thank you. Thank you. I just need prayer this morning. I just need some prayer. I thank you. Thank you. It's not a house of judgment. Man, we're a house of, we extend our hand. We're praying for you this morning. So Brent, the worship team, they're going to do a worship song. Man, if you raised your hand or even if you didn't, you just want to come down to the front, just get some prayer. Let some people, I'm telling you, just like the man on the mat this morning, you're going to feel some people around you. They're going to be praying for you this morning, lifting you up. I just want to give you that option as Brent sings this morning. We're going to open these altars if you need prayer. I want to encourage you to come. So this morning I pray for those at this altar. I pray for those maybe in this congregation, Lord, that maybe feel a little distance, a little separation, maybe not as close as they used to be. Maybe you look and you, you know, maybe last three or so years, I mean, there's a little distance. I just pray over you this morning, Lord, I pray, God, that you would do a work in our heart. You tell us to draw near to God with a sincere heart. And Lord, this morning we do. Lord, those that have been separated, Lord, they've, they've done things and they feel like, Lord, that there's, there's, no, there's no place here. Lord, I pray that you'll forgive them. I pray that they'll know the wonderful message of mercy this morning and forgiveness and grace. And I pray for those that feel like they're not good enough and that they've done things in their life. I pray this morning that they'll feel the precious blood of Jesus, Lord, that's forgiving them, that's cleansing them. Lord, they'll feel that presence of the Holy Spirit this morning that's speaking to them. Go draw, 
Come to me. I pray over that today. Lord, I pray for those that are disaffected in some way. God, I pray, Lord, that they'll draw near to you. Draw near to the house of the Lord. I pray over them this morning, those that are carrying great weights. They have heavy burdens, Lord, I pray. I pray they'll feel the prayers of the family of God, the fellowship, the church. Lord, I pray they'll feel, Lord, the encouragement of the Holy Spirit. I pray over them this morning, Lord, I pray. I pray. Brent, do that again. Let's worship together once more, and I'm going to let you go this morning. Sing it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening to the Generations Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the message today and pray God's greatest blessings on you. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter.